up everybody my name is james d fiore and this is blackball if you are watching and not listening yeah i have a daffy duck sticker on my head and that is a sign of a father who can't say no to a daughter who expected me to have this daffy duck sticker on my head when the podcast was over so for my baby girl i'm gonna wear a daffy duck sticker on my forehead for the duration of this podcast however let's not let that distract us from the actually I'm going to take it off I just won't rip it she's going to come up she's going to be able to feel it she's going to be downstairs right now watching her little movie and she's going to be like daddy you're going to rip it and I did too All right, we're good my guests today are people that have been on this podcast before they're ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church aka the Plymouth Brethren Crazy Cult and we're here today to talk about something very specific And that specific situation regarding the cult is this. It's called the Rapid Relief Team. And it is a volunteer side of the Plymouth Brethren cult where they go and they like give out food and drinks and stuff like that to support things like local firefighters and other things that they have no business supporting since oftentimes the cause that they're supporting, they are the root cause of inside their church so here to help me break down all of this stuff is richard marsh and cheryl Hope. guys how are you yeah, yeah. Good. welcome to the show yesterday yeah 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 yesterday was a was a big day for you uh in the anger front yeah uh, i'm told so okay cheryl can you help us explain just what the rapid relief team is and are they present in all of the chapters or is this just in Canada? How does this work? Um, so they came about when the charity status was lost however many years ago. And this is what they came about to help support communities. Cause that was the one thing they were lacking. They were lacking their charity status was lacking their assistance out into the public and into communities. So they developed this RRT um, <clears throat> and it's now, used very much as a PR boost. Um, so you'll find out it, it like pops up in places that really need the PR boost. Um, and it's all over. Yeah. Every, every, every place has one. So the, the, the idea is, is it, is it intended? Sorry. Did you just say that it, uh, they activate the RRT when a certain community needs a PR boost? So you think that this might be in a, a reaction to all of the stuff that that's been happening uh, on this podcast with Jesse Brown, whatever the, that has to do with Maple Creek? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was there. They I saw I shared a post on Facebook that I found. Um, someone sent it to me from I think it was September fourth. So they were there on September fourth too. So, um, I mean, most ex members we know, right? So it's it's hard for people on the outside to understand why I got so riled up when I saw this. Um, 
because I know underneath what it means and I know inside what, what people inside tell us what's going on. And Mm -hmm. honestly, my story aside, like, no, you guys, nobody should be supporting this kind of occultic group with everything that's happening around the world, around the globe with it. I mean, this, yes, in Canada, it's just starting to be very much exploded, um, starting in the States, but overseas, I mean, it's everywhere. I just don't see how people can watch the stories that are coming out from the PBC, ex-PBCC members and can turn around and like support these people. And I mean, I'm not saying that there's not good people inside there. There are good people inside there. But the thing is, the whole hypocrisy of this whole situation is that these places that they're showing up at, they're like 100% of the cause of, like women's shelters, uh, mental health things, and um, drug and alcohol um, addiction centers. Like, it's just absolutely absurd that they wouldn't take care of their own kind that they have forced out and excommunicated from, but yet they've developed this most glamorous website and RRT group to have just this most, they're just so compassion and they're so Christian-like and it's just like blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And I mean, if you go on any X EB Facebook page, we're all puking our guts out every time one comes out because the hypocrisy of where they're at is absolutely absurd. I want to just quickly... Just, just, I just, uh, and we'll bring Richard in a second. I just want to quickly go. I have a bunch of uh, images of a bunch of different RRT things, um, and I'm just going to go through them one by one, just because I think that might be easier. And then we can, uh, and Richard, you'll come in. So this is another Maple Creek one. RRT volunteers from Maple Creek were thrilled to collaborate with the Mustard Seed and distribute 50 holiday food boxes to vulnerable families in Medicine Hat, Alberta. I never got R- one. RRT hopes these cheerful gifts were able to bring some joy and relief to families in need during this holiday season. Now, um, just really quickly, the irony on something like that is that if one of the people that they gave these uh, meals to were like, hey, come have dinner with us, they wouldn't go because those people would not be brethren, right? And they don't celebrate Christmas either. They don't? No, they don't celebrate Do they, Christmas. They don't celebrate Easter. They don't celebrate Halloween. They don't, so, I mean, yeah, they don't celebrate any of those holidays. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, the uh, oh, who is it? Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't do that either. Yeah, it's the right? same as like, Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have that one. That one's, uh, I, now, now they start getting a, a little ironical. This is in Edinburgh. Team today has delivered 20 Christmas family food boxes to the Women's Aid East and Midothian Charity to support women and their children who have experienced domestic abuse. Ladies and gentlemen, if that is not, I, they, they could just literally like make the meals, put it in the box and mail it to themselves, right? Like <laughs> really at the end of the day. So that's, I mean, it's not hilarious. It's really fucking sad to be honest with you. That That is like, um, when you hear about the, you know, like, like coaches or something like, like any, or anytime that you, you have like a, a spokesperson that you find out like, like for an anti-drug campaign, you find out later that they're a drug addict, right? Like that, that, and, and, and it's still like, and they're still using, and then they go on TV and say, don't use drugs. You know, I'm clean, blah, blah, blah. but then they go home and they, they shoot up a speedball into their arm or something. It's just, you know, I find it a little crazy. Um, so there's that, there's this one. Uh, no, that's the same one. 
2020 has been a challenging year for all. Regardless of wealth, health, or status, the RRT is thrilled to bring joy this holiday season to those who have been hardest hit by this global pandemic, which we don't believe in, through RRT's Christmas edition of the Food Box, arriving on the doorstep in the United States very soon. Um, Oh, pull that one back up. we got to go to the corner of it. Oh, right. The irony of it Bringing families together for Christmas. Like a they're the cult known thing. for splitting families apart are advertising that they bring families together. It's almost as if, and I'm going to go on a limb here, that a lot of these things that they support in public, behind closed doors, they either don't support or they're part of the problem of whatever issue yeah. that they're... Richard? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and when they start talking about supporting mental health charities, that, that makes me really angry because... The amount of mental health problems that they've caused is is shocking and it, in fact they're probably you know most mental health clinics they'll you'll find the brethren are wildly overrepresented um and alcoholism back, is a big problem right inside the brethren isn't it problem. yeah oh, i mean yeah. They, they negotiate special quantity discounts with the clinics i mean i mean i'm not joking they do they have special deals with them because they can send so many people their way it's just a kind of revolving door i mean there's always some of them in there um so are they utilize back, like alcohol alcoholics anonymous and things like that like uh, yeah well they utilize the big private clinics i mean it's all on their uh, okay like promise you know, yeah. in those clinics yeah. yeah 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 um going back to the rrt i i found out very recently someone pointed out to me it was just a carbon copy of the billy graham rrt um billy graham is like the big evangelical thing in the in the usa uh, and in canada uh, and they have this rapid response team, which was operating, I think, in Australia. And they do exactly the same thing. They go around with these very big sign-written vehicles. Subtle difference here. These guys here, uh, these Billy Graham, you know, relief guys, they're having a little prayer meeting there to kind of support someone in distress. Brethren won't do that. They won't pray with you or put their arm on you or touch you because you're a worldly person. So the brethren just stick to the food bit, right? No, it's all very hands-off. Um, but the brethren literally in 2012, when they lost their charitable status in the UK, they just literally lifted that Billy Graham RRT logo, changed the color, made it bright red instead of red and black, and called it the Rapid Response Team RRT instead of the Rapid Relief Team RRT. I mean, I'm surprised Billy Graham hasn't sued them for plagiarism and I'm sure they're little... but but the other thing to understand is that the brethren uh, their own rules and regulations going back to the 1960s state explicitly that you do not give money to charity i mean it right from the leader of the day james taylor jr he sort of writes in his letters i do not give money to charity money is for the brethren not for charity so i mean they've and, and you know when i was a kid growing up we would never give money to charity. You know, someone's in the street, you know, shaking a collection box. We don't give money to charity, not even like small change. Um, well, even Brethren so members, when they shop online on Amazon, can put in a code for that so that a certain percentage goes to a charity, but then yeah. all the charities that pop up are all Brethren charities. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, this is, the other, this is the other point, and this is very interesting. The Brethren in the UK, 
because the Charity Commission regulates charities closely, they actually have to publish their accounts for what they call the Grace Trust, which is the Brethren's main kind of charitable collecting organization. And they collect, I don't know, 20, 30 million or more every year um, from Brethren and Brethren businesses. And of course, they all get tax relief on it because it's a charitable, um, the, the Grace Trust is a charity. Now, when you look through their accounts and see how they spend that money they collect, 98% uh, of it goes to Brethren's own organizations, mostly to their school, and then to a bunch of other Brethren internal charitable organizations. And just 2% of all that money actually goes outside of the Brethren community to things like the RRT and kind of a short list of um, kind of virtue signaling sounding charities. So it's yeah. just they get tax relief on the whole sum, uh, which is effectively, you know, like an extra 30%. And then 2% of that money actually goes outside the Brethren community. So in other words, every time, you know, their RRT thing looks very generous, but in fact, for every dollar they put into RRT, they're effectively getting $30 back. So it makes money for them this by is that, establishing um, their charitable status. Gareth Hales stole 119 million pounds from the NHS. The RRT prides itself in supporting emergency services. A new fully equipped ambulance costs about 70,000 pounds. The 119 million pounds that Gareth and Charles Hales stole or received from the government, I guess, uh, would purchase 1,700 new ambulances for the NHS. And the question to the Department of Health and Social Care from Nick Smith, who's a Labour MP in the UK, to ask Secretary of State for Health and Social Care whether any government department has taken steps to investigate why payments made to Unispace Global Limited, which is a UBT company, were not reported by that company in its financial accounts, and if he will make a statement. And then the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Edward Argar, said the department paid $603 million to Unispace Global Limited for the purchase of personal protective equipment in 2020. And then they partially met its contractual obligations, supplying the National Health Service with 484 million pounds in items of PPE. So that would leave about 140 million pounds on the table. Uh, we are working with the company on a commercial resolution for the remainder of the contract. Issues concerning the accuracy of filed accounts are a matter for companies. House. That's just a government's way of saying yeah. um, we're, we're, we're looking into it and uh, and it will be punted down the road probably for another year. But I mean, you know, in, in a it, the interesting part of this, I find, is that conservative governments everywhere, especially in Western countries, are infamous for not wanting for stating anyways that they don't want to burn government money. You know, they don't want they want taxes to be low. They don't want governments to spend, spend, spend their way and in, into a deficit and then a recession and all that. And, you know, a, a very conservative organization like the Plymouth Brethren, um, at least from a religious standpoint, is getting conservative governments everywhere to spend tons and tons of government money on something that they don't really um, get anything out of. Like, you know, the whole the whole whistle. I know you can't talk about it, but the whole whistleblowing thing that, that you went through is a similar yeah. story. It, there always seems to be these stories where it's like they get a government contract. The government contract is for X. They deliver partial X and then they keep the rest of the money. Like, it just seems like that's that's the pattern. 
Is that what you're seeing, Richard? And they get away from it. They get away with it. Yeah. Is that basically it? That there's some kickback, you know. You assume that then when the Conservative government in the UK tries to get re-elected by sort of underground and mysterious paths, a whole lot of that money is going to come sliding back through packs and advertising and hiring private investigators to see if they can dig dirt on the Labour leader, yeah. one suspects. So the thing about Maple Creek, Cheryl, um, why did it make what, what was the anger really about yesterday? Like, like, tell me, tell me when you saw that, tell me what where your mind went as far as the people that live in that community are concerned. Well, just um, I, I, probably first um, explain what happened in Maple Creek yesterday. So I'm not sure we yeah. really covered that yet. Well, that was the question about anger. I figured you would cover that part, Cheryl. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, you know what? It. I. I honestly, I said to somebody earlier. I said that the day that I broke, um, when I had that figured out, we had that I what I was leaving, um, thirty years ago, that broken me yesterday. I had never gotten so fucking angry in all of my life. I had it. Um, it was sent to me, and. I couldn't deal with it at the time. Um, it's just, I had so many people from Maple Creek reach out to me, like so many people on all the platforms that, that they could possibly reach out to me. And then for me to have that sent to me, I literally felt, I felt so betrayed. I thought, how is this, how is this little tiny town of Maple Creek supporting and allowing the PBCC to even have a public image like that in the time that they're in. It was just absolute. I I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I was so overwhelmed. And it the people have happened. It shouldn't have happened. And I had people messaging me and being like, well, you know what? Maple Creek didn't know what RRT was. And maybe the volunteer firefighters didn't know um, all the ins and outs of everything like that. And, um, then it was like, well, you know, how can you hold one group of individuals accountable for or how do you hold how can you hold a group accountable for one person's sins? And I'm like, yes, you can. In a group like PBCC, everybody that is in there is accountable for what happened when it's public and everybody knows about it. Um, I know that there was people in Maple Creek that would have known who the RRT is or at least who the members are. It's a very tiny town. I'm sure when they showed up there, they would have known the people. They were from the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. They should not have been allowed to set up their fucking tent. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, my cell phone's ringing in the background. I don't want to get up and get it. Um, but uh, it reminds me of the Catholic Church. It reminds me of, because there's a lot of, like, there's a good point that people have sometimes, which is that, you know, I criticize the Catholic Church all the time. I used to do it a lot more. And the idea that there is a... Um, you know, thousands or millions of people, billion, billion people, I guess it is, um, who would remain a part of the Catholic Church after finding out yeah. not only about the sex scandals uh, involving pedophiles, pe pedophile priests that was happening all over the world. Um, but the, fa the, the, the laziness of the press in informing the public that a former pope, um, Pope Benedict was the author of the internal policy that allowed that actually ordered the diocese to to send the priest to another church. He wrote it, and then he became pope. Wow. He was Cardinal Ratzinger when he Ratzinger when he wrote it, and then he becomes pope. And that's one of the reasons 
I think, why he resigned. He's like the only pope ever to not die while a pope, right? Like he he mm-hmm. resigned. Yeah. And that yeah. emperor-looking motherfucker is still walking around somewhere because he's, you know, he, he lives in the Vatican. But I mean, it reminds me of that. Like, and but I think one of the problems is, in fact, I know the main problem uh, with with the PBCC is that they are not a a household name, and I'm just talking about Canada right now. And B, um, they're not painted as a cult yet. Like, like yeah. you know, it's really just ex members and myself and a couple other journalists or whatever that are like that are trying to like spotlight this and it, you know I, i'm beyond uh, I'm, I'm past the whole frustration part i'm not gonna sit there and rant about how frustrated i am i'm just gonna keep going but you know that that must be one of the problems like because everyone should have the automatic response when they see that group the rrt going mm-hmm. and and doing stuff for firefighters or whatever it is that they're doing and immediately be like oh the cult thing you know, like, I shouldn't that be their- supporting these people. Yeah, I shouldn't. They're hiding a pedophile. You know, it's funny. I sat down today and I counted how many people inside the PBCC at the time that everything was happening. We knew what was going on from people that I've heard from now. Twelve people. Twelve people wow. knew about what was going on. I actually had a story. Um, somebody had uh, had opened up to me um, about this about a month ago. And he he witnessed me being taken from his parents' place with my mom was there in between Sunday churches um, by a lady in a car. And I was taken out to the junction. um, And he said, my mom sobbed because she thought I was going to be sold. And I'm like, it's just like, it's just so heart wrenching when I hear these stories and that these adults had, did nothing about it. And then I get told ah, that, you know, well, there are kind people in there. There are kind people in there. But you know what? We have got to quit pussyfooting around this. We have got quit walk, we've got to quit walking on eggshells. We have got to realize that this is an actual serious pandemic that is happening inside of Maple Creek. And to the point where I had another phone call and knowing full well that that phone call came to me from inside there knowing that Ellen is still active actively seeking out teens Act, like literally it's just it's mind-boggling so that's why I get fucking frustrated when something like that shows up for me and I'm like I feel like I'm this mother who is trying to save the kids of Maple Creek because the community of Maple Creek are too fucking afraid to step up against the PBCC. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, <clears throat> the hypocrisy level of any religious organization is usually pretty um, off the charts, but this is this is ridiculous. Like when you see them going, like I, that one with the rainbow flag. Um, I think it's this one. No, no, no. It's always the last one. Is it always the last one? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think it was the first one I said. Right. So, and this is in Australia. So let's just piece this together in the most biased way, yet probably the most informative way I can come up with. This is a country where there is an ex-member who was gay, who the church hated gay people so much that they got him to take the same drug they give to chemically castrate pedophiles. 
But if you would like to join the rapid relief team in helping, um, obviously somebody with the the gay pride angle, they'll do that. They won't touch you if you're holding one of those rainbow flags, probably. They wouldn't touch you anyways, either way. But they'll go and they'll, you know, they'll do their PR spin. Like, it's gross. Like, it's, it's, it's really disgusting that, that they would like, I mean, I can't even yeah. think of the RT is a facade. It is an absolute thing that was created to save their charity status. It did not come from their hearts. It did not come from compassion. It is there to save face. Do we have that? Um, there was a conversation that was happening about the public media. Did, did that get sent to James? The witch story. Say that again. There was a conversation um, where the RRT was coming out and they wanted to make sure that they were getting the public exposure press that they progress, were getting. The Press Progress article about the Winnipeg police. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, uh, yeah. That, I, I have yeah. that from a while back. I don't have that on me, but you know the story. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Richard. You probably can tell it better than I can. Yeah, well, this was an article by Press Progress. Um, the, the RRT had been supplying food boxes to the Winnipeg yeah, I think it was the Winnipeg Police Service to give out to homeless people or something. Um, and someone inside the inside the Winnipeg Police leaked a bunch of emails from the RRT to the Winnipeg Police, you know, their media communications team. And it, these were emails just begging the Winnipeg Police, oh, when are you going to put this up on the website? You know, we want some more publicity. We're doing this because we we need the publicity. Just kind of begging the police to make as big a deal as they possibly could of the fact that the sort of incredibly wealthy Plymouth brethren were handing out a couple of dozen food boxes. And, and it just proved that the whole point of the RRT is publicity. I mean, they're, they're literally ambulance chasers. And the whole way the thing is set up, they've got these tents with rrt and it's all bright red everything's bright red the tents all say rrt on them they all wear rrt uniforms with rrt on them and and the the sort of venues they attend what governs whether they go somewhere or don't go somewhere is the likelihood of the press being there so maybe it's a marathon maybe it's a fun run maybe it's an accident scene it's all governed by whether the press is going to be there because the whole aim is just to get their photo in the paper just to actually be seen doing something charitable so that next time the government challenges them on their their charitable status they can pull out a whole sheaf of newspaper articles showing their um volunteers handing out food at you know widely publicized events and because the volunteers are not paid they have to do it because it's a system of coercive control. So if you're told to go and spend your whole Saturday handing out burgers to people you don't like, you, you just have to do that. Um, this is that Winnipeg story. Winnipeg police agreed to promote secretive and strict religious sect. Internal emails show experts say internal emails suggest a controversial sect sought to use Winnipeg police to generate positive publicity. That's from Press Progress. Um The Winnipeg Police Service partners with a benevolent community group on a charity food box program last year, despite questions raised by local media outlets about the group's parent organization, a secretive religious sect. Internal emails newly obtained by Press Progress through Freedom of Information show Winnipeg police not only agreed to give the group positive publicity, but police were repeatedly pressed 
pressed by the group into using their social media channels to give them maximum exposure. Between November and December 2020, a group called Rapid Relief Team Canada collaborated with the Winnipeg Police Service to provide 130 emergency food boxes to people in crisis in Winnipeg. RRT characterized the food, food box program as an emergency food bank. The program was publicized through the WPS Facebook and Instagram accounts and through local media like the Winnipeg Free Press and CBC Manitoba, though none noted the group's ties to its parent organization. On its website, RRT identifies itself as an initiative of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, an organization previously described by the Winnipeg Free Press as a secretive and strict religious sect. According to a 2014 Free Press investigation, former members described the PBCC as a cult, alleging that the PBCC limits its members from interacting with worldly people, that's in quotes, including not visiting the homes of non-members. So, I mean, that's what's so funny about it, is that they're, they're doing volunteer work. This is, this is what proves, in my mind, that the whole thing is a PR blitz, as you guys both informed me it was when I first heard about this group, is that they would not because of the rules within the church and outsiders and all that, they, the people that they're helping, they, they can't touch, they can't eat with, they can't hang out with, you know, like, or maybe they can hang out. They're taught to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that Lydia's quote? We, you know, it's not that we haven't loved enough. It's that we haven't hated enough. Yeah. That was the latest quote from BDH. Yeah. The, the thing to me that I find, yeah, there he is. Yeah, well, I, I just, just as, this is the part of the show. Every time I do a Brethren podcast, I just like to wish out loud that I can't wait for this guy to meet yeah. this woman. Okay, that's Marie <laughs> Hanin. Again, we want this guy. I'm just throwing this into the universe in case that shit's real um, to meet this woman. Okay, there we go. All right, good. I can <clears> tell um, you which one I'd like to meet. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> If I start talking about Marie Hanin, we're going to be done. <laughs> this podcast will be over quickly because, or, or will be a lot longer than I expected. Um, yeah. So anyways, this is par for the course for them. Um, and it, it appears that it is a reaction to bad press, especially when you, when I was just reading that article, just, you know, another example of that, uh, you know, cause they did get bad press in Winnipeg. It was like the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, where ex-members called it a cult in the in the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Free Press. And then, lo and behold, now they're pressing, then they became, um, you know, uh, putting pressure on the Winnipeg Police Services to right? pick it's, them up. Yeah, you got to balance it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is crazy, you know, because they're not allowed to be cops either, are they? No, no. What are they allowed to do? Just work for brethren companies and that's it? It's Yeah, yeah they build their businesses. It's building businesses. Yeah. So and and women are are they allowed to work? If they're not married, no, yeah. no. If they're not married, they can't. But not once you're married. And, no. and they can't have authority. They can't be over any males in the business. So they limit it to the bottom bottom deck. Yeah. But still better than non-members. <laughs> it's like they're only. Oh yes, and that's what, yeah. when you hear of ex-members or, or non-members that worked for the police or worked for the PPCC their stories all have the same underlying theme of how badly they were being treated and how they were the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting when I talked to a couple of people uh, who haven't been on the show, so I won't say their names, but a couple of ex, a couple of one ex member and one uh, person that wasn't a member, but worked for a PBCC company, that guy, he would describe lunchtime at the office as just like, it was like high school. He said, is like going into the cafeteria as a nerd in high school. 
where all these people are all eating together, breaking bread together, and you can't sit there. You have, or you see them in a restaurant. You know, you, you might be able to come over and say hi, but then at one point, one of the members is going to be like, "We're about to break bread, so get the fuck out of here," or whatever they say, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. you can't sit here when we when yeah. we eat the body of Bruce Hales or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's. I don't know. I still am kind of like trying to figure out the like if I you know it, I, I'm one of those guys where I'm like if I tell people uh, that that are listening or watching to do something I don't know if they're going to do it or not I don't know how convincing I have to be in order to make someone do stuff I'm probably not going to be a good cult leader one day if I try but is it like calling the local your local representative seems like the right call to do on paper yeah. and I would encourage people to do that um Unless they're a conservative, or maybe even more so if they're a conservative, because you know you'd like to know if 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 like if the non-reaction says something about what the possible relationship is between that member of parliament, if that happens to be what it is, or provincial uh, assembly or whatever, um, legislative assembly. It it just it it feels like um, treading water sometimes, um, but you know. I think um, you were telling me, Cheryl, about the reaction uh, to to people posting that on Twitter and making comments on the Facebook page was that they decided then um, the police service in Maple or the fire department, Maple Creek, decided to take all of it down. Is that right? Yeah. So they didn't end up taking it down. So after I mean, I <laughs> I went rogue last night, as anybody who watched my live saw. <laughs> Um, and it did. It did work. They took it. They did take it. That was the thing is I wanted the publicity not to happen. I wanted that also to taken down. And I want those, um, the police and the firefighters and every kind of thing that's in there that the RRT like to go to, um, they, you should not be having, you should be having, walking around in Maple Creek with poles coming out of your Wear something on your waist so you're not even touching the PBCC. Wow. We should be separating from them. I have the new rule. I no longer, like, yeah, like we need to, you should not be having anything to do with them. You shouldn't be supporting their businesses. You shouldn't be supporting them in any way, shape, or form. And I understand it's a small town, um, but how else, like, this is what I was saying last night is like, these are children. Like, these are children. So I I challenged Maple Creek to when you go to bed tonight, ask yourself if you have children or grandchildren or whoever, teens in your house, I want you to take that child and drop it off at Ellen's house in the morning. And if you can't do that, then you need to have, you need to do something about it because we have to draw a line. You're either on one side or you're on the other. You're helping the situation and we're going to try and get this change or you're enabling them. I mean, we can't sit quiet anymore. There's no more. There's no more. I agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, and especially someone like yourself, Cheryl, like you like the frustration, like you're, you're, it's, it's, it must be really exhausting being you because you, I, I, I've seen you go from highs to lows in like, you know, in days or whatever hours, even like, because um, there's a lot of stress attached to being kind of the symbol of hope, Cheryl hope, you know, like they're, they're, mm-hmm. it must be um, kind of exhausting. So when you see you know, this, this like miniature PR arm of, of the cult that, that did so many awful things to you and people that, you know, including yourself, Richard, uh, you know, it must be, you know, 
like you must feel like you're at your wits end sometimes. Yeah. And that's where I got last night. Like I just was, I honestly didn't even know if I was going to be able to formulate words, but I knew that by the messages I was getting and everything else, I just knew that, you know what, you guys, you need to fucking pull your heads out of your asses. I don't like getting like I did last night. I hate getting to that stage. I absolutely hate hate getting to that stage because it reminds me when I was 16 and I lived in that stage for how many years in order until I left. And it's exhausting just staying in that stage. But I was told today I need to learn how to become a bitch. So I guess I'm going to live. It's my birthday on Monday tomorrow. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's your 48. Your 48 is, you know what? To fully embody being born on Halloween and I become the Scorpio bitch that I need to be. Well, well, hold on. I mean, no, no, dis- no disrespect, but you're a wife, so you already know how to be a bitch, don't you? Like, I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> sorry, I'm projecting again. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko, and I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Um, you know what's funny, though? When you start dropping F-bombs on this podcast, like the last time that you were here, and then ex-members are like, you know, I really could have done without hearing all that profanity. And it's just like, <laughs> so you skip all the sexual abuse and you go straight to profanity? Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know? Was that said? That's funny. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. And it was. I seriously made a commitment. I wasn't going to come on here and I was like, hey, sure, I'll keep the F-bombs. Just keep them down. But I get so riled up that I don't think people are listening until I put a few of the fucks in there in order for people to realize that I'm being serious. Yeah. Like, I've been so kind and respectful of this whole situation up until this point. Trying to, I'm constantly realizing, okay, so if I do this, how does it affect Maple Creek? If I do this, how does it affect my parents? If I do this, how does it affect if this happens? It's this constant trying to manage um, my inbox and how to respond to that and know that I have to, I am th- that person that people are looking at. So how am I representing myself? That all went out the window last night. And I'm like, no, I just need to be me. And you're either going to like me or you're going to love me. You're going to get used to the F-bombs. They, it's the only way I can release this crap out of me. Um, my favorite I my just, favorite is uh, is when, you remember that time I was being all polite and you were like, I don't want anything bad to happen to this church. And like, I'm not trying to like it. And then like, you know, four months later, you were like, James, um, I'd like to burn it down with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the matches. You bring the jerry can. <laughs> you didn't actually say that. Um, <clears throat> that's satire, everyone. The real kind, not the Jeremy yeah. McKenzie kind. But you know, it's just yeah. It's like I know there's kind people in there. I know there is. But what is kind? Like seriously, no, the, kind but, people inside there because you're still hiding everything. You're still covering everything up. I think there's vic- there's victims that. there, right? I, I, I would I would say that I would say that there's victims there. 
And the, the way that they're being victimized turns them into enablers. So they're all yeah. enablers. And I feel that way about, about Catholics too. And, and, and at least I did. Well, I, I probably still do. Like I haven't thought about them in this context. I guess I have the idea that you can belong to a church who had such systemic problems with pedophilia means that if you go to the church, you enable them. In fact, I feel so strongly about that, um, that I feel like I've enabled them when I found out that the only way to get your name removed from any census data that has to do with being Catholic, mm -hmm. you have to go to the actual church that you had your baptism in and, and and then um uh, and then if you if you move somewhere and like you know you you had like in my situation i had a first communion in montreal and in whitby <clears throat> at st john's the evangelist so i'm registered at st john's the evangelist as a as a catholic i'm like still part of the flock and so i honestly am so i feel so strongly about not wanting to be an enabler that i want to do this thing where i call to action all of the lapsed catholics to get them to go to their old churches and have them removed from the archives that, that, because the reason why there's still so many, like the, the numbers of Catholics in Canada always rises, even though atheism and agnosticism also is always rising, which is almost impossible when your country is like 73% Catholic. And the reason why it's like that is because all, all these people are getting counted twice. So if you answer yeah. a poll, if I answered a poll, uh -huh. if I answered a poll from CBC that said, are you this, that, or the other thing? And one of the options was, athe was atheism. I'd be like, atheism. But they're getting their data for Catholicism from the diocese. So I'd be in two pools. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And so the, the math never really yeah. was, is going to work out. Yeah. So anyways, to circle back, the, the enablers at the church are a little bit more innocent, I would say, than Catholic enablers because the Catholic enablers, although brainwashed by things like, you know, vampirism and zombieism and cannibalism, all that shit, I don't fucking understand why everyone does it. Like the, the whole idea of the cross and the guide nailed to it is just... Uh, like I, 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 I have these moments now where I'm like driving... Like, um, where we're driving around uh, the countryside and there's this like one property that has this massive cross with a massive Jesus on it. And, you know, for those who don't know, he's got nails in his wrists and nails in his feet and he's got a cut in his side and a crown of thorn. This is a tortured man on display and people are like, yeah, that's great. Like, I, And I am now at the point with my atheism where I'm just like, that is what ISIS would do to somebody. And I don't know why we are saying that this is a good symbol for a, a religion. But beyond all that, y'all are not brainwashed from birth in the same way as the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church members are. And so I give a little bit of a pass to the Plymouth Brethren members, um, you know, who like, like, like the families that won't leave with the mom or dad that leaves. They, to me, are victims more so than enablers. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do agree with that. I do. But I think there comes a time and point where our voices out here have to get loud enough to realize, like, <clears throat> I guess I'm done holding space and holding this box that um, puts everybody in all these different little piles. Now I got everybody in one pile. It's just, for me, it's just, it's one side or the other. Yeah. It's literally one side or the other. I don't care where your roots are. I don't care what it is. 
I drew the line last night and it's like, you're either enabling Ellen, you're either enabling the PBCC or you're out here and you're going to try and help me make some change. That's what I'm at because it's not, it's not about me. It's, it's about the, the kids. It's about the teens. It's about the next generation. This is nothing like. If there's any teens from Maple so Creek watching right now, I am not saying that you should go get a can of spray paint and write the word cult on all the business owned by the PBCC in Maple Creek. I don't think that would be a good idea. I think that you should probably think twice before doing something like that. And also don't get any spray paint on your hands because, you know, it's, it's hard to come off. But really, like at, at this point, what, what else is going to work but gorilla? I'm not saying, I, well, fuck, I don't care. Do it. Do it if you want to do it. I don't give a shit. But like, you know, but what, I mean, there's gorilla tactics. Like, I mean, I, I imagine like, you know, you know how election signs come out during election time? Well, it'd be fun to just put out a s- signs that people see no matter where they turn in town. And it's just like, you know, and it, they're cult signs. They're describing like the Plymouth Brethren Christian cult. And they just like, and just little subliminal stuff to remind people that they're part of a cult. Like, I've never been in a situation before where you're trying to like show a country or a com- from, from a community like Maple Creek all the way to the national level that this, that, that this organization is poisonous. It poisons local communities like Maple Creek. It poisons provincial governments. It poisons federal governments. Like there is no shortage of damage that this group can do. So instead of trying to, um, you know, convince members to leave, which I think is also a good idea. That's not my area of expertise. I think you guys would be obviously better at that. And we've been doing that. Yeah, but to teach the or or to to increase the awareness of what this group is. So that they finally become a household name and that, that people realize that this is an actual cult. Like the way that everyone got, everyone I think by now, when they hear the word Scientology, they think cult. Yeah. You know, I think uh, the Plymouth Brethren, we need, we need something like that too. Richard, what are your thoughts on that, buddy? Because I need Yeah, a... well, I mean, just to kind of sum up a little bit what actually happened in Maple Creek. Um, there's this uh, going back 30 years, going back to when Cheryl was a very, very young child between the ages of three and say 12, there was not just one pedophile inside the brethren. There was a whole system uh, and at least 10 responsible adults, including the leading brethren in the Maple Creek community were all complicit in trafficking out this child as some kind of a sex slave. Uh, she was used for making pedophile pornographic movies. She was sold to different groups of people, Hutterites, individuals taken up, trafficked at the motel. She was abused in just about every way you could possibly imagine. Every form of sexual perversion was done to this child. And then the very people that enable this kicks her out from her home and family and abandons her. And at the same time as this was happening, 17 other young people in the Maple Creek Brethren community were put out on the streets. And these are young people between the ages of 12 and 20 for the most ridiculously minor offences, like stepping on a Bible or swearing at their grandfather or speaking to someone else who has already been withdrawn from by the Brethren. These are horrific things that have happened. 
So this has all become public. This has all been put out in the public. Now, what could, what could the community, what could the brethren in Maple Creek have done in response? They could have reached out to Cheryl. They could have offered some kind of apology. They could have said, this is terrible. We're looking into it. We will collaborate with the police and we will get to the bottom of this. They could have reached out to all those other 17 people they kicked out. So what did they decide to do? Well, we'll, we'll set up a nice bright red tent at the fire station and we'll get a, we'll get a, a few packs of uh, out-of-date Walmart cheap burgers and we'll fry them up for the population. What a yeah. brilliant idea. You know, cost you all of 20 bucks. I mean, that is why Cheryl is wildly angry and why I'm wildly angry. It's such a mean and, I mean, inappropriate isn't the word. It's just a, an insult to everyone and everything. Yeah. I mean, Maple Creek is Cowtown. Maple Creek is the home of great Canadian beef. They couldn't even spring for a steak or two. No, it's going to be burgers. I mean, how cheapskate can you get? Yeah. This is the yeah. wealthiest cult in Canada serving. <laughs> and, I, you know, they probably got them out of the bin at the back of the supermarket. The reduced food. It's such a. There aren't words. Yeah, there's no word. Yeah, there's just not a word. Cross and ignorant and blind stupid response you know what Leanne Schaefer says it's very disturbing and also that Richard can speak truth so gracefully um you know just before you start sending love letters to Richard we all know it's the accent but go ahead Cheryl <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing is I had what what got me so so hard was that when you had like, I felt like three quarters of Maple Creek were, was supporting me, had messaged me, had reached out in all these different ways. And then when that showed up, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I guess I, so I guess I just asked Maple Creek that like, if, if you guys aren't going to fully support me, I don't want to hear from you. Like, that's how angry I am. Right. That I'll find people to come to Maple Creek who truly care, who are not afraid of the PPC. I'm not afraid of them. I'll, like if I had known about that, I would have shown up right next to them. You betcha! I would have been playing my banjo, even though I don't know how to play one, and I would have been there with my f bombs, and I would have been on the other side with my tent doing what I needed to do. So we, you just gotta get. If you care enough, the fear just goes away. You don't. It doesn't matter if you can't look at a child. Every time you look at a child, I want them and everybody to realize, hey, what can I do today to make sure that we're on top of this whole PBCC thing in Maple Creek and worldwide, but why I'm, I'm targeting Maple Creek right now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I seriously, it's just this morning I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I don't want anybody's freaking support. If you're not going to give me hundred percent fully support. I just, when I get messages that says, okay, we fully support you and we're behind you, Cheryl, there's lots of people behind you. When there's an instance like this, you're not showing me that you're behind me so that I feel like I'm completely alone tackling this town of maple creek like that's not it's like when people are getting like oh you know sending you prayers sending you love and light yeah it's just a band-aid so i don't want any band-aids i band-aided my fucking self for 30 years i don't want any more band-aids i want people to actually walk what they're telling me so if you support me then let's find a way to deal with this 
And I mean, for me right now, it's a t- it's getting into the into everybody in government that you can email and send letters to. I don't care. It needs to be put in there. Number two, we need a prote- protest. And I'm like, I would go worldwide. Everybody needs to start having protests outside of these communities that have PBC at CC in them because they are all responsible. I am not the only story. Um, I know we had someone, there was a guest on here who was just messaging, or I saw in the comments from San Antonio. And um, she's actually going to come on our podcast this week, but it won't air for another week. But anyhow, it's just not my story. The thing is, is that when we get these large volume protests, people start listening because we're being annoying. Even though we're not trying to be annoying, we're just trying to be like, come on, save your children. Like, that's literally what I'm having to protest. We are having to protest that they should keep pedophiles separate from the children. Like, seriously, it's 2022, and look what we're asking. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. We should do a... No, uh, I, do, do, ready for a protest. Do you guys know when Bruce Hale's birthday is? Because that'd be a good day for the worldwide protest. Happy birthday, Bruce. There's thousands of people worldwide protesting your you know, your organization. Seriously. Like, it has to be like, you know, we can figure this out. We'll talk about this off air because I think we should. I would like to get down to Maple Creek and literally just have like, just set up a like a like a little table and a chair where the Plymouth Brethren Church is in the background and just broadcast for hours, you know? Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe it's, it's, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, go ahead. If you think about it, they photobomb the Maple Creek Fire Service and this is kind of virtue signaling, but it's worse than that. It's virtue stealing. They don't volunteer as firefighters, but no, they're going to get their photo taken in front of the fire station to kind of get a little bit of a sex appeal of the firefighters. Uh, it's just pure photobombing. So let's yeah. go and photobomb their dingy meeting room and their dingy school. I mean, yeah. just appear out there. They're not going to like it. What, like, what is it like, Cheryl, the, uh, the actual building where they worship? Like, can I just walk up to it or is there a gate? Oh, no, you've got like a, how tall is that fence around all of them, Richard? Uh, I think the Maple Creek one is is just a four foot fence, but most of them have got six to eight foot fences. Four foot? Yeah. Oh, oh. Even my short ass can get over that fence. No, no I think they changed it. I think it's higher. I have got I'm a not, new one, yeah. 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 Anyhow, but no, and you can't, so they lock the doors when they go in. Like, you lock can't the doors just walk and the gates like you yeah. can't get you cannot get in you can't get in like how you know, charitable is that? i have an opposition right? defiance like, disorder that makes me just want to get in now that you said that like all i want to do now is just get in somehow i'll dig a goddamn all fucking tunnel. <laughs> yeah that's right um oh yeah so someone here's someone from maple creek she just says no it's six feet so oh okay yeah, oh, wow. well i can still get over that um it would just be fun to just like dare them to arrest the guy that's been broadcasting all of the ex-members <laughs> <laughs> from you know well, I mean, you know what happened in in sydney australia um ex-member lance christie uh, uh went out to sydney australia and wanted to make a kind of a speech in front of bruce hale's house he was just going to have a talk and you know appeal to bruce hales to take down the barriers of separation he's a very very peace-loving guy lance I mean, he wouldn't have a fly and he's all about reforming the brethren um and so he's he stands up in on you know on the grass verge outside Bruce Hale's house on the public street. There's another brethren guy, ex brethren guy, taking the video, 
uh, and Gareth Hales, who's the one who stole all the money from the National Health Service, he suddenly comes bursting out of his mansion, which is next door to Bruce Hales' mansion, and tackles the guy who's using his phone as a video camera, grabs him by the back of the neck, and forces his head down towards the ground, and is desperately trying to take the camera, the, the phone, away from the guy. This, this kind of backfired, as most brethren things do. Because, because the footage is out there, isn't filming. It? The camera was filming the whole time. And so you've actually got this kind of view from kind of somewhere near the ground of this guy bent over double um, and Gareth Hale saying, don't video, don't video. And, and you can hear Lance Grissy say, Gareth, Gareth, you know, relax, you know, uh, let go of the man. Uh, and, and, you know, it was a violent assault. And this is for someone simply standing in the public road outside his house, just trying to film a peaceful appeal to the leader to kind of break down the separation and let families actually reunite. So, yeah. you know, that's you know, the reaction you get if you you want to film outside one of their places. Wow. There's some good footage in, in Lane's documentary of him. He, him and his friend try and go back into the church and there's actual audio of, of their conversation. And that was, I, that really spoke to me when I listened to that audio, I was like, that is, that's exactly how they talk. And like to the outside people, they wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that those kind of conversations go on, but that's how those conversations go. Yeah. There's another video taken on Australia by um, like the national broadcaster cameraman outside one of their meeting halls. And I saw that. Wasn't that New Zealand? Reverend. No, I think that was Australia. With the and white, with the white t-shirt guys. And yeah. Yeah. Funny, yeah. And yeah calling, they're I can't remember some profanity. Well, well yeah. I'm not sure what it said, but I mean, it was like vicious language. Are you an opposer? Are you an opposer? Stop wasting time, you fucking cunts! You know, and they kind yeah. of run yeah. off like, whoa! That's it, but in, their like in their defense, Richard, that's exactly what Jesus would say. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, they were brainwashed to say that, but yeah, they they don't like it if it's not them behind the camera. You know, it's fine for them to send out private investigators to film ex-members and video them in public and take photos of them. But when they're the subject of a, a little bit of investigation, they get violent and very, very angry. And that's the way science, the Scientology leadership is too. Yeah. You know, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll send, they'll send camera crews. They'll, they'll put up like security cameras across the street from where someone, an ex member lives, private mm -hmm. investigators, all that. But as soon as that camera turns around onto them, <laughs> they're just like hey hey what, yeah, excuse, what the hell is yeah, happening yeah, what's yeah. going on you're just like yeah. oh jesus christ you know like the the, the hypocrisy level again is, it's just yeah. a key ingredient anytime you yeah you're dealing with this kind of thing you know i mean we we can sit here and talk about this forever and ever and ever about everything that's happening but it's like what are we going to do with it seriously like what are we going to do with it like i am so done sitting um i mean we went public on your what was it the end of june it was so we're like, what, four, we're at four months where we've just been kind of sitting here and percolating and percolating. But if the town of Maple Creek has had four months to do something, the PBCC has had four months to do something. And here we sit. Well, in our defense, we're doing more than sitting, but, but I think. No, us, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about like the community of Maple Creek itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. like it's. 
I live in a small town now. Okay, I live in a town of like 800 people. And and I work in a town of like I think there's like 13 or 1400 people in that town. So I'm I'm like in the last 5 years I've been sort of getting reacquainted with small town culture because I did used to live in Saskatchewan like a long long time ago in Weyburn for a year and I'm still in therapy over it. Um but the idea that the you know small towns have a very interesting way of never noticing the scandalous shit that's sitting right in front right. of them. And yeah. I find that perplexing. There's no cults in this town. You know, there's there might be, but you know, I don't know. Um but there is no like you know, Plymouth Brethren situation in these towns. But if you, if, if like I used to write stories, I still do for the, uh, the, the Madawaska Valley current, they're a local media organization inside Barry's Bay. And I report on their council and their council is in this weird situation where the law firm that represents them and the integrity commissioner are in cahoots and basically overbilling the township, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like demonstrable, like malpractice. And you, I, I've published so many articles about it and nobody fucking cares. Like, and, 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 and they don't care because they're apathetic. That would be one thing. They don't care because it's their cousin. You know, they don't care because they grew up with the person that I'm talking about. So they literally like, don't, bother at all looking at the offense and in maple creek that would be the enabling of this cult organization they look at it as um you know you're asking me to do something that will damage my curling buddy and so it becomes one of those situations so i i don't know yeah. if i knew how to wrap my head around that like is there a little newspaper in maple creek yeah, there. Yeah, because yeah, I take Maple Creek News. They used to be a, a Maple Creek News, and I take them in something yesterday. So yeah. I'm assuming it's still there. Um, and I get that. I Maple Creek News. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and and I like I totally I completely get that, and that that some of the confidentiality stuff that's come my way is specifically for that reason. Is what's why it's confidential, right? It's why they don't want me to use their name. Why it's why I can't put the story out there, yeah. or why I can't give it to the police. Um, but I guess, again, it just comes down to like, so at what cost? So you're willing to sacrifice kids and teens? You're just willing to sacrifice? That's what's happening. People are just being sacrificed yeah. because no one wants to rock the boat. You know, the only thing the but brethren really understand, the only thing they really care about is money. So if you mm -hmm. want to make some impact in Maple Creek, You've got to touch them where they the only place in their body where they actually have a nerve, which is their back pocket. So yeah. for anyone in Maple Creek or in the area, if you take your business elsewhere, don't take it to any of those cult businesses. Boy, you'll get a reaction fast. Yeah, and we were talking about that the last time that you guys were on about the the businesses mm -hmm. and, and how the money is probably the key to all this. Um, there, I mean... There is a lot of, uh, I don't know, what would I say? N not nepotism, but just just the idea that everyone knows each other in a small town is enough to scare people to not want to say anything. So even if they don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, there's still like a sort of tendency to be like, well, I don't want to be the person in the community that like, you know, 
that uh, yeah. that cause trouble for this person or that person. And they don't have the ability to like weigh on the scales in their mind the importance of, oh, I don't know, stopping a pedophile versus the importance of not being seen as a person who brought trouble to the community. And it's like they think that bringing trouble, to, they, they think the thing that would heal a community, they would describe as bringing trouble to the community because they're probably not yes, confident. Exactly. They're probably not confident yeah. that these people would be held accountable anyway, no matter what they do. You know, so and that's the whole point is we know in anything in this world, like that's how this planet works. And in order to transform something, you don't have some nobody gives you a fucking magic wand and says, do do it's fixed. Right. Right. It has to go through its deconstruction and death and be taken apart so it can be rebuilt. Like that's what I was, I was trying to get through to this bishop, this how to write bishop that had contacted me. And I'm like, you shouldn't you should not be more concerned about your institution not falling than the care of your child of the children that's in that in that community. An institution is meant to fall if it yeah. has those kinds like, of problems. It's it's its right? destiny like, is to fall. So yeah. I challenge like my parents, my siblings, all those. It's okay. It's okay if something deconstructs and crumbles to the ground. You can build it back up. Yeah. Just build it back up better. Like that's the whole point of this is let it fall i'm not gonna judge you nobody's gonna judge you i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh well you know what like let's like it needs to fall so that it can be put back together better well in order to help that falling here are all the businesses in maple creek that are owned by the cult arrow equipment inc cortec quality presentation products by the way these are all the most boring named companies i've ever encountered in my life i'm falling asleep reading the list Cutting Edge Doors and Woodworking, Jayco Construction, Northridge Marketing Limited, Prairie West Yard Care, Ridge Pro Roofing and Contracting Inc., Rural Tax Services, and Sunny Slope Feedlot. Is, I can't tell if that's a restaurant or where you go buy shit for your pick, but either way. Um, now, these businesses are all owned by cults. Does everyone that or owned by the cult. Does everyone that works there have to be a member too? Or is that, are you not sure about that rule? No, no? you, no, you can have out, you can have outside people. Actually two of those businesses, one's my, one's my sister and her husband's business and one's my brother's business oh, on there. I'm sorry. And I had no issue. I don't know. Okay. Don't use them. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to sit there and not take action with everything they know, then sorry. I am near not going to listen to me. I've got a, these are all doors I'm knocking on and the doors I've knocked on so far aren't working. So we're going to knock on other what's doors. The population of, what's the population of Maple Creek? I don't know. Somebody asked that to me today and I don't know. Do you know, Richard? I'm, I'm just. You have to find out. 2084. How many? 2084. Yeah. It's not very many. No, it's not very many. So a town like that would probably have like, that's probably half the businesses. You know, um, I'm not talking to, no. you know, okay, go ahead. No, I, I, no, I don't know if it would be half the businesses because it's still, um, no, there's, there's more businesses than that, but I mean, yes, it's a good portion, right? And especially cutting edge, nobody should be supporting cutting edge. Absolutely nobody should be supporting cutting edge. And that's because your perpetrator, um, his family, owns uh, he's it. got ties to it, but we also know. Um, of the stories in, that go on inside there. And that the, like, this is straight, I'm going to say his name, Tim Bond. Gosh, Tim Bond. Like, literally, you had, 
I got to meet him one time um, he, when my, it was like, I think it was my dad had a stroke or my mom was in the hospital. He took me aside and he had all this compassion and like, I didn't know your story was so bad. And this is before he even, I didn't tell him about the sexual abuse um, and everything that went on with me. This was just like how I was being treated with priestly visits. And he was just like floored and gave me all this compassion. And um, and then I find out from somebody who is not, not a peed that worked at, um, cutting edge and she went to him about what was going on inside there and he did nothing about it so like i know the ins and outs of what's happened in cutting edge there was somebody with special needs there everybody was pulling down his pants there's like it's just they're they're they just they're bold they just don't give a shit and they take what they think they own and that's what ellen was like with me he thought he owned me and he might have he certainly may have owned me um, it's probably why my mom thought I was so scared that I was going to be sold. Like, but that's how I was always felt. I just felt like Ellen owned me. Mm. You were just an item of trade. Helped. You were an item of trade for them. Just a way to make money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I found out, I found out from somebody that, um, prior to my dad's accident there, that they're, they were trying to actually leave the cult. So my mom was 14 when she was brought into that cult. She wasn't, she wasn't born into it. She was 14 when she was brought into it. So she knew of what the outside world was like. She knew it wasn't as bad as what it was. So for, for me to get that information that they were, they were thinking of leaving the cult. And then it was like weeks later that my dad had that accident. And then I find out that Ellen most likely probably was at the site of the scene. And then you put together this whole story and then I had these priestly visits where my dad was taken and he came back and they asked for the phone bills. What? It, that never made sense to me. And one of the things that I always fought my parents about when I got really rebellious is like, why did they have, why did they need the phone bills? Right? So it's just like, you can see this whole cover up operation. So even though that my, my parents may be victims, my siblings may be victims. These people may be victims. I'm not, I seriously, I'm not giving them that excuse anymore. I'm really not giving them that excuse. It's literally, you're here making a difference or you're enabling them. There's only two choices, only two mm. choices right now. Well, um, we're going to continue to try to do everything that we can to help, um, you know, people stand up and make a difference. Um, I'm going to follow your lead, Cheryl and Richard, because uh, you guys are the unfortunate experts in this area. But I'm going to keep going and um, and have you guys on whenever the hell you guys want to come on. And, uh, you and know we're what? going to keep. James, yeah. we're so appreciative. Like, we really appreciate you ripping the bandaid off this and taking the stab at, you know, your life and, you know, having weird cars show up on your outside your house. And it was a different kind of stress that was a pleasant replacement of the usual kind of stress that I do with. So it was okay. I know, but you have to know that we all appreciate that. Like we appreciate you, right? Yeah, even no, there's like, like yeah. even if there is many different faiths between everybody that appreciates you, they appreciate you being the one that said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance. Let's take a chance on this and look where it's, looks where it's gone. Right. So had yeah. you not taken a chance, like we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I, I think that you did all, you and Richard did all the heavy lifting. Um, but n you know what? We're, I think we do make a good team. I think, you know, I have this platform. 
um you know we have a book uh i have a book coming out uh in, in next year uh about the cult um the the, uh, the jesse brown stuff that's happening you guys are doing your own podcast which i fucking yeah. love watching because um you know what i like about it it's not about all the story stories that you share about the dark side of the cult it's when you guys when i can see you uh you two lane and carmen um all laughing at the same time you know because of all the shit that you guys have gone through yeah. You know, yeah. like the Cheryl, the, the stuff that you've gone through is just a nightmare. Richard, you you are completely estranged from all of your children and your and and your ex-wife. Um, you know, uh, Lane and and you know, coming from kind of like a, you know, a, a high class brethren family, and then you know be, uh, the 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 nasty shit that happened to him when he was young, and then Carmen being literally on the family tree of a pres of a of a former leader is is all very very stressful and to watch you guys find a a way to to sort of laugh especially when you all do it at the same time like i remember i i was watching uh, i think it was the second podcast you guys did anyways and i paused it at one point i was just like i wanted to figure out if i could send it to you because it was just like <laughs> you know like if you look at if you guys collected all of the horror stories and put made it into one person, a person would not be smiling. But there you guys all are at the same time, kind of like smiling. And I think that that is you know that is great. And if I had yeah, some sort no, of small role, no, you know, in in in, that, in making something like that, um, you know, um, happen or something or whatever, then I'll take I'll take that partial credit because I think you guys are great. Um, but don't let's not get it twisted. You guys did all the heavy lifting. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, uh, there's no references to pop culture in our podcast. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And that's Although why I you laugh. Sent me, you <laughs> sent me the Family Guy thing of Bruce Hales, and I was like, I'd never watched Family Guy before. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, well, listen. Thank you guys again for coming. Um, we're, 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 we should just do this. Like, we'll figure it out uh, on yeah. a, like a weekly thing with you two would be great. Like, even if it was on the Lord's there's Day. Like so much to yeah, every Lord's Day. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much to dig up. There's so much to unpack. Right, that it's impossible to do it like in an hour. Right, it's, there's just so much to unpack. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and guys, uh, whoever's listening or watching, um, you're going to hear some of some of the things that we said that we've covered before. But as Cheryl was saying before, um, you know, we just need to keep on pressing. We need yep. to keep on, you Repetition. know, uh, one of our hopes is that one day uh, a reporter from, you know, CBC or CTV or whoever, it doesn't even matter, um, will be like, hey, I'm going to look into this and start talking to us on a regular basis and start doing something that more eyeballs can see. Um, but we're going to keep going until then because, you know, eventually this there will be a tipping point where people are going to know what this organization is all about. And uh, and I hope and I'm, you know, and you guys are going to be um, leading that charge. So Richard Marsh, Cheryl, is there anything you guys need to say before we go or, you know, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys, for coming. And I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. OK, okay. thanks. OK, bye. Cheryl Hope, Richard Marsh, uh, once again, you know. Big ups to them. They're brave. A lot braver than anything I've ever done. My gosh. Especially, uh, well, both of them. Just totally different things. Cheryl uh, and all the abuse that she suffered is is obviously a nightmarish thing. And to and to watch her um, speak from a, from a position of strength. You know, you guys have to remember, when I first started talking to her, you know, this was all something that, that she had kept to herself, basically, for the most part, except you know, I think her husband and her therapist knew. 
And then when uh, then when I started talking to her from the from from the point where I met her to now, I'm not saying she wasn't strong at the beginning, and she was, um, you know, but watching her now, she's emerging as a leader. Um, and and I don't think it's it's her trying to be a leader. I think it's her just organically being a leader. And people are inspired by that. That's why countless people inside and ex-members of the cult email her uh, to to sort of make themselves feel better knowing that they're not alone. Um, and Richard is, is to me, um, one of the strongest, first of all, his character is beyond reproach, you know, and I met him in person and uh, he's, he's a wonderful person. He's a wonderful human being and he has every right to be really angry, um, you know, and really bitter um, with, you know, with a substance abuse problem or whatever and I and everyone would understand but he's not he was able to to sort of convert all of that bad energy into strength and I and I respect it so much um okay this week on black belt tomorrow we have Jeffrey Perlman who is the author of the new book called the life and myth of Bo Jackson um I'm looking forward to that because I loved Bo Jackson when I was young um so that's that on Tuesday we have jesse brown on the show jesse brown uh tomorrow is releasing rat fucker which is the pod series about david wallace david wallace was on the show last week he'll be on again um next week and then on wednesday we have megan murphy megan murphy uh was banned on twitter i don't know if she's banned anymore because of the elon musk takeover but she was banned on twitter but it was for a ridiculous thing um you know uh people that have questions or people that disagree with the uh with gender theory or whatever were getting banned left right and center at one time so she's going to be on the show on wednesday and thursday and friday i'm still working it out but we're going to have shows then as well so i would like to thank again cheryl and richard for coming thank you everybody in the comments um this is where i'm supposed to say smash the like button and share it um so to go do those things um i always feel stupid when i do that because i'm not a good sales guy when it comes to selling my own shit and we'll see you next time on black ball Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. 
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.